I'm Evan. And I'm Hannah. We're working together to make a sequel to our first role-playing game, Questlandia, and we're documenting that process in real time. Today we're going to be talking about the game design workday. In our last episode, we talked about being inundated with work on our board game and our resulting burnout. Since then, we've been designing a different way to structure our working hours. It involves picking spotlight projects in a day instead of tracking hours, and it puts hard limits in place to keep the work from spilling out into the rest of our lives. These episodes and our game design work are supported by our Patreon, Turtlebun. You can find a link to that in the description, or just search on Patreon for Turtlebun. So, Evan. Hey. Hey. So there was this moment, like, beginning of quarantine, March, April. Yeah. Where we were acknowledging that at some point, this work on this board game Kickstarter that we've been doing for the past two years, (laughs) like, there was this inevitable point where we were like, we can't quite see the light at the end of the tunnel yet, but we can conceptualize the concept of a light at the end of the tunnel. I think that came when we sent the uh, pre-pre-pre-final batch to press of all these custom cards. Right? And we were like, It was like like the final 90%. Yeah. We're like, maybe this isn't going to be what we're doing for the rest of our lives. Yeah. We got those out, and then it was going to be weeks. Weeks and weeks for the printing to happen and for those cards to all get shipped over to us um, and to arrive from Canada. And so we had this block of time where finally it was like, there's no dog work to do now. (laughs) Not for a little bit, at least. So we took that time to basically sit down and say, We've been making games together at this point now for years, but we've kind of fallen into it in this way. Like, I don't know, it hasn't had a lot of intentionality around it, and it hasn't had a lot of organization. It's not that that means the work has been disorganized, because I do think that we are actually pretty organized and intentional in our game design work. It's just that we've had this continued issue around it, like just not having any it's it's like this amorphous, I don't know, it's like it's like Katamari Damasi, you know, like it's like this alien creature that sort of absorbs all things and just gets bigger <laughs> and bigger until it like absorbs multiple cosmos, uh, ourselves included. And like you know, we've got some games to show for it, but also we're mm-hmm. like, whoa. <laughs> I mean I'm part of this giant ball that includes like some furniture and the mayor and also Pluto. Mm-hmm. I feel like when it's come to choosing our next project in between projects, that's often felt like 
like we don't even participate in that process. Like the experience feels more like, well, this is the idea we have and we need to get going on it. Mm-hmm. And there's not like a, you know, let's look at everything we could do and what we're interested in and make a decision about the lay of the land. It's more like, rent's due. Ah, we got this yeah. one. Let's go. Go, 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 go. That's a really interesting way of putting it. Like in all of the conversations we've had about this, I've never really thought about it from the context of like, at some point we stopped having these projects and these ideas, like these ideas started to have us. Right. That's, that's exactly how it's felt. And that, you know, I mean, we talk about this a lot and it, that is like, that is largely a product of what happens when the work that you love and this creative work is also like driven forward by the pressure of, you know, I mean, capitalism, like it yeah. just, it's a, <laughs> it's a symptom. Well, it is a symptom and it is the cause, but it's, it's really important. I mean, it's, it is essential for us to, for us to be the owners of this work and controlling this work and in the driver's seat for us to just not be totally consumed by it in a way that feels bad which is yeah. where it's gotten. And you know, we don't we don't need a third episode about burnout. <laughs> I've tried in the past teetering. two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> no tears. <laughs> like the the thing is like there's just been this teetering on the edge of saying okay, no more risky game design. Just got to find reliable work. And you know, it's always been, there's always been a mix of us getting some amount of support from game design work, but also having more traditional kinds of work. But game design just feels so risky and so tricky. And it just, it feels like we keep just barely swinging from vine to vine, project to project, saying, okay, that project in the end, not really worth it, didn't pay enough to make this sustainable. But we learned a lot. More people are paying attention now. There's more potential than ever before for the next project to work out. Yeah. And so let's take the risk again and let's hurry because I can't keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. So, so here we were. At this point where, to a certain extent, it's like we could not, in those weeks when these dog cards were being printed, we couldn't just pick a project and go, go, go. Like whatever we did was going to be interrupted by the arrival of these dog cards and by, you know, the work of shipping them out and the work of dealing with the, the actual final bits of this project. So instead, we took that time to design, to to redesign our entire Patreon, to design Turtle Bun, but also to design a work day, and by extension, like a a a way of life, <laughs> which sounds kind of silly, but you know, I mean, there's this thing that I think happens when you've been going at a certain pace for a certain number of years, and in this like. I don't know to use what at this point is probably like a dated teenage goth reference. Like 
in the Johnny the Homicidal Maniac comics, which I thought were super edgy when I was younger and I had them all, you know, Johnny uh, <laughs> murders people because he has to keep this wall. He has to keep, I'm just going to keep going with this metaphor. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in it now. I'm in it. Uh, he has this wall in his house that he has to keep wet with blood. The blood can never dry. Um, so he's always having to be in this sort of like frantic murderous state because if the blood ever dries, the monsters will get out and everybody's like, well, obviously that's crazy, but you know, then I, I'm pretty sure the comics end with the, the blood drying and the monsters getting out and not that game design has driven either of us to homicidal tendencies, but I think it has driven this, like, there has been this real, real sense of like the, this metaphorical wall always has to stay wet (laughs) with, with the fluids of frantic creation. The blood of our, the blood of our minutes. <laughs> it's like we have to make the hours bleed. How about just sweat? The sweat, thank you. Yeah, with the fluids of let's, let's, yeah, sweat. Got to keep right. sweating it out. So, I mean, this was this was sort of this way of saying, like, okay, we've been at this for years now, and this pace is totally unsustainable, and it's not making us a full time living. And therefore, like, we can't keep running at it this hard. We are going to literally fry. So mm-hmm. let's design an intentional structure around it that can be chill and can, like, respect our own boundaries that we have to create because nobody's going to make them for us. Yeah. Have I talked about the wet wall before? I don't know. I don't remember you talking about it. Okay. But maybe it is something where we just blank on it and then bring it out again. <laughs> whenever there's be, anything to describe i just it's like i really don't want to think about the idea that like in every episode i just i'm just like yeah it's taking johnny the homicide maniac <laughs> 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 anyway so we made this work day we made this work day so this was the attempt to actually get that breathing space that lay of the land moment and to to try to bring our way of structuring our hours together closer to our aspirations of what this work should feel like and not burning out and crashing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so the first thing to me when we started talking about this, I, I started talking a lot about Basically, like trying to get out from under this this overbearing drumbeat of what will pay the bills, what will pay the bills, what will pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't want to pay the bills. I'm very into paying the bills. <laughs> I love it. But I think that actually the decision-making that comes from that being the driving force is not that great. Um, Because I think you end up making decisions that both will make money, but have a higher risk of making you miserable as you make that money. 
And, you know, a little bit of misery is okay. <laughs> but ideally, you want, you want there to be a balance there of work that you care about and that you enjoy, even when it is frustrating and going on too long. But if you're just making a decision about money, you're more likely to end up with something that is truly unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's often frustrating for me that you are smart and usually correct. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's all. It's true. <laughs> uh, can I help with that? <laughs> no. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, I. it's like in some... <laughs> In some of this process, you know, I sometimes have this way of like, like treating you like my enemy um, or like the the enemy. I'm like, Evan, why are you the enemy of money? Why are you the enemy of stability? Why aren't you fighting for the future of, you know, us feeling like we're not constantly in a panic? And like, I'm saying this while running around, you know, with a with a bag over my head, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're right. (laughs) I mean, me too, though. Like, we had a moment in setting up the Kickstarter for Good Dog, Bad Zombie, where, you know, I was very insistent that there is a certain kind of decision we could make about these custom orders where it would be doable work, it could be done efficiently, and it would be like financially successful work. It would get a lot of people interested. And I overestimated how efficiently it could be done but maybe not by a million years. Like and It was just like, certainly there is some efficiency about it and there are some reasonable ideas about how to do custom orders for people in a unusual way that would be less expensive to produce. But the thing about that work that I just wasn't getting through my head was that you aren't going to like this work. Hmm. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be the same as designing a game. It's not going to be the same as even like selling a game or marketing the game. And even if it's efficient and gets a lot of money, that might involve a lot of time that's taken away from doing the parts of this work that are enjoyable. And not only that, the fact that the work isn't inherently rewarding, the fact that the work is not what you want to be doing, is going to make it burn you 
quicker and it's going to slow you down. You're going to feel more exhausted. You're going to be more error prone. And that's going to make the work take longer. It's going to be like a fight to sit down to work on it. And you're not always going to win the fight. So you'll end up with months and years passing doing a kind of work that you don't want to be doing. And whatever financial savings and good ideas went into it, those will start to be overshadowed by the fact that it's going on and on, taking longer because you're not into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot, you know, I kind of forgot that that was like just part of the, that was like a huge part of the driving force of designing this new workday. Though it wasn't yeah. just about sort of the pace of the pace that we've been working at, but it was also just that we had found ourselves in this position that it wasn't, it wasn't even like the, the game that we made wasn't the game we wanted to make. It was like this type of work that we promised as a spin-off of this game right. went off for years. And it just, it just wasn't, is not why we make games. Like we didn't, we don't make games to Photoshop people's dogs. Um, right. I mean, it's wild to think about the fact that like the, that game released on time. <laughs> like we just did it. We made the game yeah. and it was a good game. Yeah. And God, releasing it on time was like stressful enough. I mean, it was such a feat. And then it ended up being totally overshadowed. Like there was no, there was no celebration and no right. patting ourselves on the back because it just immediately went into then this two year long stretch of making these custom rewards that we'd promised. But I don't want to like make this the third episode where we talk about dog <laughs> trauma. <laughs> Clearly, it's like, uh, but, like obviously the rest right. of this work can be done in therapy or whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I'm over it. I don't know about you. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over, I'm over it. it. I'm over, totally yeah. over. I don't it. even think dogs. about it. Actually, I don't. I don't like have a jolt when I see a dog walking down the street. I just thought you might need to be reminded of it. Mm, yeah, like, I had you know. forgotten. Yeah, right. For me, it's like a distant, distant, not at all. No, not a nightmare. Thing. Yeah, of so, every night. So last week, so we went into this work being like the first tenet of this workday. Like it's not about how we divide up the day. It is just about really trying to remember what we care about and what projects light a fire, light a fire in our souls. Yeah, and like keep that. I don't know. Hold that. It's like, there's this eternal flame. And we, every time we go to work on that project, we check in and we're like, is that, is that flame still flickering? Like, is this the thing that still excites us? Do we yeah. still care about this, this work and this part of the project? And the hope is that if we do that, you know, like you said, the, the money will at some point follow uh, but at this point, we've been at this for so long that we're like, oh, maybe it won't. Like, <laughs> that's okay. Like, but we haven't stopped yet. So clearly, there's some part of making games that we do really care about and is meaningful. So let's let's at least have it feel good. Right. I mean, the idea is that like the money is gonna. It's not like a guarantee that money is going to arrive, but it's almost like it's a guarantee that the money won't be worth it if you don't care about what you're making. Yeah. 
So with that idea of we're going to try to like stay in touch with what we want to make and what excites us. And we're like, that's good on a general sense of like, what's our next project going to be? But we wanted to go one step further and make that a part of like, what are we going to do today? Something to revisit every workday. So should we talk about what we designed? Yeah. <laughs> now that we've gotten our first 20 minutes of like, you know, shaking off the the snake skin of old creative debris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh so okay, so the first thing that we did was we set some limits around time. We we're just like how much time do we actually have to devote to working on games and how much time would feel good. And what we came up with at first was a workday, a games workday that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We would start at 920, which seems like sort of an arbitrary amount of time, but like we would say nine, but then I would roll up at 920. So we said 920 with the intention of using that time to like eat breakfast together, drink some coffee, plan the day, but not, not plan the day like work-wise, like just to kind of talk about where we were at. And then we start at 10. And like that, like 10 is the time that we respect. Like if I'm if we're late for the 920, it's okay. But like 10 is when we are starting our day. The very first thing we did when we started talking about this stuff was we started plotting out the hours and being like, at this time we'll do this. And then at 10 we'll do this. And then at 11 to 12.30, We'll work on this and so on. And then we stepped back and did a different pass on it. Mm -hmm. I remember talking about the aesthetics, or is it aesthetics or aesthetics? I don't know. Aesthetics. The appearance of productivity versus the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And Part of the appearance of productivity, at least in my view, is the idea of like, I have every hour of my day plotted out. And we can point to those minutes and those numbers, and maybe they're color coded. But I argued that maybe that's not what would actually be the most productive for us. Maybe it would be a little arbitrary, actually, to just say like our work on this thing is going to finish at this point. And that when it came to looking at a clock and making our decision based on what it says, maybe that should just be about the limits of our work, which is something we seem to struggle with a lot. In other words, you know, keeping the work from spilling out over to time that we want to put into uh, having a life outside of work. <laughs> yeah. And so with that idea, we cut down the hours of the day, or rather the moments that you would look at a clock, to three moments. 9.20 being, this is when we get together. It means like, we've woken up and done whatever it is we do after we wake up and before we meet each other. <laughs> and then the idea is like, no work is allowed 
until 10. 10 is the second clock time. But at 10, we switch to work. And then the final clock time is four. And four is the outer limit of how long the workday can go. If we finished everything or if we're just burnt out before then, that's fine. But if there's more we want to do in the day and four o'clock rolls by, we've got to table it. Mm -hmm. And in the next workday, we could talk about like what to do with the issue, the potential issue of what if we're not getting to all the work we want to in a day and we want to go longer. But the idea is like, there will be a hard limit. We can discuss changing it and fixing the work so that it fits or changing the limit, but it won't be a soft limit where we can just willy-nilly decide, oh, we'll just work straight through the evening. Yeah. It is to make that an important choice uh, to give up the non-work minutes. And then we said, uh, what, three days a week, right? Three like days a week, yeah. Three days a week to begin with. Mm -hmm. We were also very burnt out at that point. We were point. pretty burnt out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then there was this phase two, mm -hmm. which is that we sat down and we made lists of like every single project that we're working on right now that we might work on, ideas that we've had that we're potentially excited about. And then we organized our list into evergreen projects and evergreen tasks. So evergreen would be like, um, catch up on big, big things, emails, or writing a Patreon devlog. That's recurring work that's going to come up again and again. Right. So ultimately, we came up with these four categories, the evergreen tasks, Big projects like Questlandia 2, Starship Ultralux, one-off ta tasks like 2019 taxes, and then a category that we call treats, which is like watch an episode of something together, you know, show each other that YouTube video, mm -hmm. finish playing Shadow of the Colossus, go and get some ice cream because, you know, that's nice too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seemed good to just have a a spread of the possibilities that we yeah. could put out on the table at the beginning of each morning and say, these are the projects that we could focus on. These are the tasks that need doing. And from there, the goal is to pin them up. And we were thinking about, like, how do we want to organize the what it means to pin something up and select it? And we decided on just two categories for these things to be pinned up in. One is a spotlight project, meaning we are committing to spending some time on this thing today. It doesn't have an exact length of time that could mean four hours of work on it or it could mean a five minute like touching base about it but we're committed and then the other category is flex work where it's like if we can get to it we'd be interested in 
doing whatever, doing some of this. Yeah, so we have this corkboard, mm-hmm. and these two sections are always on the corkboard. Like there's always this section that says spotlight projects, and always this section that says flex work. And then every morning we get together and we lay out all of these little cards. And the cards are, we made them like tactile and nice to look at. Like each card is a different shape and color. So evergreen projects kind of look like little trees and their larger treats are on these tiny little rectangular cards. So it's also just easy to like visually look at the cards. Right. Uh, And every morning they go up on the board or every day they go up on the board. And then the next morning they all come down. Like, even if we know that like Ultralux is totally our only work today, we're running a play test of it tonight. Like what else are we going to do? We still take the time to take it off of the board and to look at the entire spread every morning and like ritualize this, uh, this process of making sure that the flame is still staying lit, yeah. so to speak. Um, and then we have these little uh, like tokens that we just each put on the projects that we're interested in. And if we've each put a token on a project, that tends to be what gets pinned up in the spotlight project for the day. Right. And if there's something down on the table that only one of us has put a token on, um, sometimes that means we talk about it and decide whether it goes up on the board for the day. Or sometimes it just ends up being like, well, we filled up the day with other things already that we both have a token on. So the token means I'm interested in working on this today. The tokens have also been kind of interesting because there's consistently a few projects where you put a token, you put one token on a project every time, and I put one token on a project every time. And like we have rarely, if ever, both put a token on that thing. And so it's also like, I don't know, help to show the areas of sort of tension and difference in the things that we're excited about that sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes we're a little <laughs> out of sync with mm-hmm. like, there's a game that you've really been wanting to show me for a while. And I'm like, nah, I don't care about this game. <laughs> uh-huh. And likewise, you know, there's some things where I'm always like nudging a token onto it. And you're like, I don't even, I don't even see this card. <laughs> this card <laughs> is invisible to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's been kind of interesting too. I also like that this process of taking down the cards from yesterday, laying them out alongside everything else that we have as a possible project to work on, and then each taking some tokens and laying them down, it's all wordless. Not by rule, but like it can be. It, it's, it's chill, it's quiet. It's early in the morning, and we can just sort of revisit what we're interested in without it having to be a big discussion about everything. It's usually after we've laid out both of our tokens that we actually talk a little bit about what we're going to put up. We have to decide whether things are going into the spotlight or the flex category, and we talk over things that only have one token on them, and whether, you know... Uh, maybe we can convince each other to put them up anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's always surprisingly, it's it's really smooth. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because we've worked together for a long time. But I feel like this little board that we've made and these little cards are smoother than they have any right to be. There's 
there's rarely that much, like so much of it happens non-verbally. Yeah. Um, so you get, I don't know, just this, this unspoken agreement about what, what we're both excited about. There's also, I mean, just to give a concept of it, there's about 14 different projects, give or take, that go out on the table every morning. And those are hefty projects, like it's Questlandia 2, it's Starship Ultralux, it's, you know, whole other game ideas. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. And what I imagine what it would be like to try to think about what you want to do with your day without those being written out and there on the table. Um, it would take, it would be a huge process to actually be like, um, there was another game concept that I was excited about back in spring. And let me see if I want to, what exactly was that? And do we want to revisit it? And it's way simpler to just, it's there on the card. You can glance at it, be reminded about it, make a call about it. And it ends up just taking a couple minutes to kind of review your entire creative and practical smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. <laughs> um, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it seems so. Like I don't, I don't feel like we invented this system, but also like it works so well, and I want to share it. I, like I want people to use it. <laughs> it's really cool. I don't know if and we've talked about like, is this, would this work for, it would definitely work for people doing solo work. Like it, it totally would work for just one person working on game design projects and daily work. I think it would work for small groups, but we've, we've been excited about the possibility that could, it could scale. Um, I don't know exactly mm -hmm. what that looks like, but yeah, we'll share some pictures. I take pictures of the board all the time because I also think it's just really aesthetically pleasing. So we'll share some pictures in that episode, I don't know, on one shot, wherever you can add pictures. I don't think you can add mm -hmm. pictures into like the, the iTunes, <laughs> but I, I'll add pictures on the one shot blog. I mean, one of the projects that goes on the table, it literally just says workday kit. And the idea of that project is, can we take this idea of the workday and kind of make a universal version of it that we could share with people so that others could try it. Um, because there seems to be a lot to like about it. Mm -hmm. Another aspect of the workday that we didn't mention is that, okay, so we have the spotlight and the flex work, and we're just negotiating our time between those, working on them as much as feels correct for the day just with the limits of like, if it's on the spotlight section, we got to get to it at some point. And then at the end of the day, for the first month, we were writing notes about this is what was up on the board. This is what we got to. Um, this is the kind of work that we did and the kind of progress that we made. And we fell out of that because it's, work i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's work that you have to do you have to make the space for it at the end of the work day like if yeah. we have this hard limit of four at 3 30 basically we have to be like 
Well, let's start to wind down to write our notes and write down everything that we've done and write this journal of the day. And I feel like, you know, in preparation for this episode, I like opened up that old document and looked over our notes. They are great. It was great to be able to see what we were working on, where we were at with it, how we were feeling about it. And like specifically like, oh, that's when we came up with that rule or like, that's when that piece of art was made or whatever. Really, well, also hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to read, we lost, we had tried to record a little bit of this episode yesterday and then we, neither of us was having it, Um, but we had opened up the notes and they were really delightful. (laughs) And I like that it's not just like, it's not just about the the work we did. Like we also sort of have like a a mood log. Um, So here's one. May 18th, 2020. Tough day. Nobody wanted this day. No sleep because of squirrel crimes. Long distance to avoid plague. We say Then we say we checked in about this uh, other text adventure game that we're working on with a friend. Uh, we made a plan to make a Discord group to discuss further, which we have made that Discord. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. We checked in with a friend about another video game project that we're working on. We planned our next design doc episode. Presumably that episode was recorded a long time ago. Independent work, cleaning, cooking. We talked about the various independent work we did. Dismantling of bird feeder due to squirrel crimes. Um, (laughs) Evan Evan lives above me now and (laughs) had like put a squirrel, like not a squirrel feeder, a bird feeder in his window. One of these ones that like sticks to the outside of the window. And when I moved in, below i was noticing like that i couldn't figure out why my screens were just like shredded to shit like i really wanted to open up my window and my screens were just like obliterated and i realized it was because squirrels all day were like scaling my screens aggressively to try to get to the bird feeder on the second floor so apparently Mm -hmm. we had some some choice words about squirrel crimes that day um (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so these, these are, are potent memories. They're nice. And it's like I read over this and and I remember. <laughs> There's also all these screenshots of like bits of work that we did or drawings oh, yeah. that I made. Oh wow, this is yep. We packed 32 dogs on May 20th, then we got sushi bowls. And so good. So this is something where I look at it and I'm like, okay, we fell out of this. We fell out of it probably because we, it was like a little bit too much for the end of the day. <laughs> yes, yeah, some of these notes are pretty extensive. It makes me want to revisit it and think about like, is there a way that we could make it easier to make like a, a template for notes where it just takes a minute to just fill out a few little answers because it's this is great and it's kind of a bummer that these notes cap out in may and we've had more than three months of work days since then that it would be good to just see how we're progressing what projects get worked on and why we stop on them or pick them up again mm-hmm. so that's an aspect of the workday that could use some attention. And we do have one other final way of like ritualizing the end of projects, which is that we have 
we have finished some projects and some tasks since we started. And we we don't just throw out those cards. We put them on another spot on the board. That's just like this. It's like a gallery of completed projects. And after we finish them, mm-hmm. we put a little mm-hmm. sticker on them. Um, we have stickers that say thank you. Uh, that's just because they're the only stickers we have. But we always get kind of like a kick out of being like, thank you, us. <laughs> Thanks for making that game. Good job, mm-hmm. us. Uh, so we put we pop a little thank you sticker on it and put it on up to the right side of the board. And then it lives there. And we can look at it and be like, oh, yeah, okay. Sometimes we do things. We don't just flop around like fish. Mm-hmm. Fish out of water. Flop. Another note, if we're thinking about like what's worked and what hasn't with this whole idea, is that there's been a somewhat contentious relationship with one of our evergreen cards, mm. which says independent work. Yeah. And that refers to us, you know, doing the other kind of work that we need to do to pay the rent, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So like, you uh, know, you do art commissions, I do web design. Mm-hmm. And what we've found, especially you know, just over the past few weeks, we've been sort of reviewing how this has gone and how it's felt. Independent works has been an issue because it has more than anything else in the day. It feels like we're not doing the work. Like we're not doing game design on that day. Yeah. Or any of the surrounding work for it. We're doing the other stuff that's still important and we're still getting a benefit of, you know, sort of co-working while we do our personal work. But it kind of feels like the the game design agreement that we have is just skipped over. It just gets put on hold while we're doing that. Yeah, we had put, I mean, we put independent work on on these cards as, as what we thought was like a kindness to ourselves. We were like, Oh, you know, there's, there's going to be times where we want to be making games, but I have to finish, like I have a website deadline or um, you have to finish an art commission. And then just it, it very quickly steamrolls our entire purpose of like part of, part of this work was setting boundaries. So we didn't do, too much game design all the time, but also it's so like we treat this time like these are our our sacred game design hours and the independent work just kept absorbing more and more of them to the point that we were having, you know, sometimes the entire week, like this three-day week that we've set out for ourselves with this game design time was just, it's just us working on like our personal taxes or. And I think to some extent it was that independent work I mean, at least for me, I can say that that independent work was sort of uh, like hitching a ride onto our work days because it was our work days have mutual accountability because we're both there working together and they have structure and planning around them. They've got, you know, just this set of hours where there's a lot of advantages to doing work in that period. 
And so to a certain extent, I feel like, you know, if I have an art commission, it's just going to be easier to find the time and the accountability to do it if it happens in the middle of one of our game design work days. Because that time is already, it's like already allotted. We've already created that space for, it is, it's, it's empty space, but it's not. Right. It's structured, accountable co-working time. Yeah. And that's a great time to do work. So, you know, since then, we've looked at that card with some skepticism. We talked about burning it. We haven't managed to burn it. It's still there. It still is on the table. I do think that we should still. (laughs) I had recently done this thing with a friend where we like ritually, like we sent a bunch of old papers and stuff. Like we we ritually burned a bunch of things in a fire and it was very satisfying and also nice to look at a fire. And so I was like, we should burn the independent work card. So maybe we'll set up a tiny roasting station. Mm-hmm. On the kitchen table. <laughs> Sounds safe. Uh, Getting rid of it, you know, I've felt the difference of being like, okay, I actually really need to find a time in my week that I'm doing my commissioned work outside of Turtle Bun Hours. I didn't realize how much I had just sort of been like, that's a great time to do my work. And just let that other work slide right in. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll cook that card. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and maybe we rebrand it a little bit. It's like emergency independent work or something. Mm, With slippery slopes. Right? But like there's a good time. Sometimes it's just like that's, that's what needs to happen to even be able to approach the other work of the day. It's true. Yeah. What I, I feel like what we should have is maybe a few empty cards that are like emergency work cards that don't get pre-filled and they are a totally different color and a totally different shape. And like, if, if need be, we can write down that project for the day and pin it to the board. And every time afterwards it gets ritually burned. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Right? <laughs> I just feel like I don't want to look at a card that says emergency work. It sounds stressful. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, to to wrap up, uh you know, we made this work week. We designed this work week back in I think we started to talk about it in a March and we designed it around April. Really got into the swing of it in May. So, you know, at this point we've been essentially playtesting this new type of workday for a number of months now. And just like with playtesting a game, we've made some changes. We, you know, like we just talked about, we are figuring out how to get rid of this independent work card or how to make that work while also acknowledging that sometimes there's going to be demands that come up in the day. We have added another day to the workday. So now we've we're working Monday through Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, if that doesn't feel good, we'll just pivot again. The idea is like just really checking in every single day, clearing the board and starting new and making sure that not just the projects feel good, but that also just the concept of what we're doing feels good. Um, 
I don't understand my final note here. <laughs> I have this final note that I want to hit with this episode. The work of finding joy in this work, which is supposed to give me joy, is an ongoing process. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess the final note is like, not all games, there are still days where the work feels hard. Like there is a point of every game design project where you're in the honeymoon phase. And then there's a point where you're like actually doing the work and where like your draft is shitty and you work all day and you get nothing done that you want to save. And like where you and I aren't on the same page. Um, mm -hmm. And that feels bad. And there are points where, you know, I do have to remind myself like, like this is, this isn't that I don't care about the work or this isn't that this project is suddenly a failed project. Like this, this is the part of the work that like is genuinely a little bit of a slog. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. And that's real. <laughs> and I'm accepting that and like trying to just be a little bit more patient with that. And I think that right now we're in that spot with a few of our projects and I have to keep reminding myself that like that, that spot is actually a gift that we've given ourselves. Like we are in that spot where the project feels hard and feels bad because we stuck with it long enough that we got there. Right. Ugh, it feels so gross though. <laughs> and like that stress is a result of having work that you particularly care about where you're like, I want it to be this good. Yeah. That adds pressure. But it doesn't, to me, feel like tiring, draining, soul-crushing pressure. Mm -mm. You no, know? it's just like it's like it's an <laughs> aspirational challenge. Yeah, it's it's an uphill climb. I had this dream last night where I was climbing this mountain, uh, and it was hard but very rewarding. And it's it's like that, but for your brain, you know, <laughs> like. Like it is a brain, your brain is climbing the mountain of the game mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh, this is exhausting. Um, and sometimes I think unlike actually climbing a mountain, it's just a little bit harder to see the upward progress that you're making in right. game design because you often have to like go back down to the base of the mountain and start again from the other side. Like you, you really yep. do a lot more like tearing down your work, but your muscles still feel the same fatigue. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know. We have this final note. Like, what do you, what, what do you, dear reader, think of this workday kit? Um, we, we genuinely want to know if this sounds like something that, first of all, if people are interested in seeing pictures and also if this seems like an idea that has enough heft behind it that uh, that it's worth us like actually sitting down as one of our many projects and making a kit that we could put up on itch.io with like blank cards or uh, i don't know mm -hmm. i don't know what that looks like i would love to uh see other people trying this out and bringing it to their kinds of work i think it definitely would work across all sorts of creative fields um, and all sorts of co-working I'm curious about how it would work with non-creative work, where it's still just like, these are the projects and tasks of the day. And I'm curious how it would work in a 
hierarchical setup where somebody's the boss. And so what does that mean when we all have to look and consider what gets done in the day? Mm-hmm. I'd love it. I'd love it to to see it go out in the world and be tried if anybody's interested. Yeah. So let us know. <laughs> yeah. Use your words. <laughs> So, so this is the time that when this is the opportunity for us to say how to let us know at the end of this episode, which is happening now. <laughs> it feels like it's <laughs> we all made it. I sometimes I feel like our episodes are like an indie movie where like you're watching it and you have like no sense of the structure, then it just ends. You're like, what? <laughs> what just happened? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the end. Did they die? Was it a dream? It's hard. We're uh, trying. Yeah. Ooh. We give a little like this is what we're gonna be talking about today. Yeah. And somehow it still feels like we're utterly winging it. Ooh, I know. So with that said. <laughs> If you want to let us know what you think about the Workday Kit, uh, you can email us at designdocpod at gmail.com or tweet to us at designdocpod on Twitter. You could also tweet to us individually as people. My Twitter handle's a drawn novel, And mine is handbandit. The next episode is going to be about the middle of a project, which I'm glad that that was my final note because I forgot that that was what we wanted to talk about in our next episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, the next episode is going to be about the middle of a project, which is the part that sucks. And it's the part that I always get really cranky about. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're in multiple projects we're in the middle of, and I feel cranky about every single one. And they all make me hate myself. And games. I have to just remind so myself. So tune in for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this episode didn't have crying, but just you wait for the next one. <laughs> one cranky ep on its way. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think it'll be really good to talk about it because I like I genuinely feel like I need more strategies for reminding myself that just because we're in the part of the project that sucks doesn't mean that I suck or the game sucks. So, right. Whew. So, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. The Design Doc intro outro theme was written by our friend, musician Pat King. Pat, <laughs> thanks, Pat. Pat, Pat. Pat, Pat. <laughs> we give you a pat. <laughs> we pat, Pat. <laughs> design doc is part of the one shot podcast network one shot hosts other great shows like character creation cast character creation cast is a discussion podcast where amelia antrim and ryan bolter create characters in multiple rpgs with prominent guests from the games community Each month, Character Creation Cast examines the character generation process in depth for a different game with new guests each series. They always take the time to reflect on the game, the design, and what guests have to say about it. Think of it as sitting in on a great Session Zero every week. 
Finally, if you want to pop over to patreon.com slash turtle bun, our most recent post is a public post that has a preview of the three different projects we're working on right now, each that we're in this middle place of. Um, one of them is Starship Ultralux, which is a spinoff of Damn the Man Save the Music that has become just a totally different game and its own thing. The other one is this animated series of dreams that we're working on. And the final one is, what's the final one? The final one is a surreal text adventure time loop game about not being able to leave an existential version of Disney World. <laughs> so yep. if any of those sound interesting to you, uh, check out the post. It has like a little... A blip of the animation that we're working on and just some art from some of these other things. All right. I think that's it. Thanks for listening, heroes. Mm-hmm.